Today's podcast is sponsored by Springdale Automotive, the next generation in car care, locally owned, professionally operated, whatever you drive, we service. Domestic, Euro, hybrid, electric, classics, diesel. Springdale's classic car services include maintenance, repair, and diagnostics, five convenient neighborhood locations. How may we be of service? Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel. And today we welcome back Danny Pohl, who is owner of a 1972 Chevy Concourse wagon. And today we are going to talk about skilled trades in the collision repair industry. Danny, welcome back. It's great to have you back here Glad in the corner. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. And uh, we want, so we're going to talk about automotive trades and how the kids can get into it. So tell us, how did you get involved in automotive education? <laughs> well, uh, I'm a product of, um, you know, uh, back in high school, we had the opportunity to d- take a vocational class. Um, mine, uh, but just always, obviously, like anybody in this room, I was always loved cars and wanted to find a way to, you know, to work on them. And uh, really goes back to obviously when we had Hot Wheels and you know that kind of mm-hmm. just builds upon it. And um, I remember taking a, a um, I think it was eighth grade, took a um, field trip to a local uh, vocational school, and they took us all the different little you know I think one of them was auto upholstery and one was uh, you know some kind of you know uh, building trade or whatever. Then we get down to the basement of the building and there's the body shop and the. the the, the, the smell of the body filler and the lacquer paint and all the other stuff that just goes along was like, ah, oh, okay. And I remember the, this is kind of neat. 68 Impala that was in there, they just got done working on. And then thinking, oh, this is really, really cool. You know, so they, this is what I want. And um, so when it come down to, you know, picking a high school, of course, I went to Southern High School here in Louisville. Then back in those days, we had to pick up, or the vocational school was uh, not attached to the school like it is now. You went to a, a local vocational school, which in my case was Fairdale. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so junior, you know, I couldn't wait. You know, it was back then. It was junior senior year. So, you know, got through the first two, you know, freshman and sophomore year. Finally, got to junior year and got to start, you know, working on cars. And my first car in the shop, mm-hmm. a 1959 Mercedes Benz four door sedan. Oh wow! Yeah, those didn't rust out at uh, all. No, <laughs> and they were about eight thousand pounds. Too, oh if yeah. I yeah, oh yeah, they were. They were. <laughs> Is that cars. with or without rust? <laughs> yeah, well, I think yeah, reminds me of a little car on the rust uh, rusties uh, commercial on cars. You oh, know, yeah, so right. he knows my name. So, <laughs> so anyhow, but no, you know, and that just and that just took me personally. That took me down a road of um, you know I wanted to do good in the in the program mm-hmm. because I knew senior year I had the opportunity if I did well they would place me in a in a position at a, at a body shop. Which it happened. Is that like an apprenticeship program? Where you continue learning under that? Yes. Shop? Yeah. At the vocational level, you you learn some of just the the very very basic stuff, and then uh, once you get into the, the shop, and then that's where really the education you know starts. Uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. A lot of life lessons as well as working on cars as well. But um, you know, I spent about ten years uh, at the local collision center here. Worked my way through you know sweeping the floor. You know all that kind of stuff into, you know, writing the estimates on the cars and ultimately moving on to um, a career in the, in the insurance business, what I, which I still, you know, obviously deal with cars and what have you. So, you know, it, it's a viable career choice. And what the, what the school systems over the years, and I think we're all about the same age within a few months of one another, and I'll spill the beans, I'm 48. You know, back when we were coming up in school, you know, they were really, really pushing co- uh, college. And I just had, I had no desire for it. I tried to, um, uh, JCC, what's it called? Community uh, College. Yep. Community College. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that didn't work out real well. So, uh, 
you know, it just wasn't for me, but cars were. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I knew I could could work on them or or at least make some money at it and what have you. So, and then you know, working with an insurance company and it got me it afforded me some opportunities to uh, to get with uh, what called Skills USA, which is kind of like the, if you will, the governing body for the vocational programs across the country. So if there's a vocational program um, that is re- uh, that is in a high school or post-secondary school right now, it could be culinary, it could be, could be auto mechanics, could be collision, could be uh, anything, the Skills USA program is kind of like the, the, the guiding force behind that. So I got in, involved, they got me involved with the, the National Committee for Collision Repair at, at uh, Skills USA, and then ultimately... I just took what I kind of learned from there and went back to the Southern High School, which is where here in Louisville where mm-hmm. we've got the vocational uh, program for auto collision. And I've been working with them ever since on the advisory board and you know, getting a lot of the local collision repair shops involved and, and being able to get these students uh, that may or may not go to high college, which is mm-hmm. fine. They've they got all the opportunity in the world, but some of them don't want, want mm-hmm. to. They just want to go to work and, and get into career. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, want to, we want to put them in the – the position for a career in this industry. Are, are so, you, oh, go ahead. <clears throat> I'm sorry, and we may jump back to this later on in the show. So, back in I don't when you were going through the vocational program, how many students were in in your program at, at the max time compared to what the amount of students you're seeing in today's program? Uh, I think it was around 20, uh, 20 to twenty four, if I'm not mistaken. I kind of probably the same about number that it is now, and it's probably kind of the same breakup as it is now. You had five or six students that were really, really exceptional. You had four or five that were at the bottom end that they were just there to waste time. And you had a few floaters in the in the middle that just, they weren't bad, but they weren't going to be, this wasn't going to be their vocation for the rest of their life. Uh, and we, the numbers are probably still some, something similar to that, to that to today. Uh, I really haven't asked that question. I just want to go into the school and I get to see the students work and stuff like that. Um, of course, the students, you know, if anybody deals with, with uh, high school age students now, the dynamic is way different than when we were in school. You know, the family dynamic's different. Um, they're the way, and I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just saying that the way they were raised, you know, it's different. It, it's, it's different and I'll, I'll leave it at that because mm-hmm. it's not the student's fault. It's right, not right. the student's fault. But, you know, the, kind of the whole purpose of our conversation here today is to, uh, if we could reach some of these students that are, are Ultimately, I hate to say this, maybe in the middle school realm, you know, uh, by the time they reach high school, they've, you know, I don't know that any of us ha- truly had our mindset of what we wanted to be um, when we grow up, when we grew up. But if we kind of reach some kids in the middle school realm mm-hmm. and kind of get their mind thinking that it, it really, really works out uh, by the time they get to high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the earlier you get to them, the better. Uh, my kids, they love car stuff. Um but, you know, they also have no clue what they want to do moving forward. I know in eighth grade, we all had a career day. I was a, wanted to be an auto mechanic. So I brought in some of my dad's tools, probably one more of his old greasy shirts, and I posed and had uh, poster boards saying I wanted to be an auto mechanic. I mean, I didn't become an auto mechanic, but looking back, I kind of wish I would have. It's a uh, It would have been trade. nice well, to be yeah, working yeah, for a you know, a, a nice corporation or as a, you know, as fully certified auto mechanic, I could be working on, you know, my dream car like a Porsche. Right. You know, you never know. You're, you know, there's never too young to start. Well, and, and it, you mentioned Porsche, and, and I'm not a European car guy, but, you know, just with the, and I'm not in the mechanic side of things. I'm in the collision repair side of things. 
there's real money to be made. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. Right. It's, yeah, it's yep. the days of, um, and I remember having a sit down with the, uh, um, the counselor at Southern High School many years ago who happened to be my, I think she was my history teacher when I went there. And she was a counselor. Um, and I said, look, I'm just going to put it point blank to you. I said, and I'm going to say something here, probably uh, quit sending Johnny Dumbass to the, to the vocational <laughs> program. I said, uh, at that time, she just bought a new car. And I kind of joked with her. I said, well, here you bought a new whatever it was. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, do you want that kid working on your car in the future? And she kind of sat there. I said, you realize this goes back you know, 10, 12 years ago. I said, you realize, you know, the, the technology in the car that you've got now is greater than what's on the space shuttle. And she's like, oh, my gosh. I said, yeah. I said, I'm not telling you that the kid, just because a kid's got a behavioral problem, that doesn't mean he's a bad kid. Some kids, you know, I'm not going to go down that road of all that. But if the kid can, you put a screwdriver or a wrench in his hand or her hand, and they, they don't just look at it, they, they're looking for something to work on, we can mold that. Mm-hmm. That's a piece of clay. If right. they just look at it like, where's the controllers for it, it, go on. There's something else for you somewhere else in life, and that's fine. You'll find it. But... Um, you know, I don't. I don't get into t- to money with with technicians that I run, you know, that I deal with and what have you. But I do know that on the collision repair side, you know, I know some painters that make six figures. Mm-hmm. I know collision men that and, and women out there they're getting close to that as well, and that's without a college education. So right. Well, what is kind of cool about all this too is that you find that the folks that are interested in the collision repair are pretty. Um, are very attentive and they like to see a final product and for those who enjoy knowing that there's going to be an end and there's going to be something that they can see that they've done and built it creates a sense of excitement and even more so a sense of accomplishment and pride very much so you'll find that uh when when people because I'm a kinesthetic type of guy I like working with my hands Mm -hmm. I like you could you can give me a book on car repair and car, uh, you know, body work, it's not going to do me any good. Uh, it's going to be Jason. Come over here and let's. You got to get your hands. You got to get your hands dirty. Absolutely. And and that's that's and there's a lot of people out there that like that skill. Mm-hmm. And you know, going into trades, you know, when when I went to school, it was a college, dirty word years ago. Well, Nobody yeah, wanted to get paid right, for a dirty job. No, but, so, but but today, I mean, shoot, you, you you've got a a lot of trades that are well needed. And you know, I was going to ask, you know, what are you are you finding? Um, are you finding a lot of interest uh, in, in in people doing this right now? I mean, uh, I know we were talking. This is more of the old classic car stuff and eric brought up a good point you know you've got the people that are reliant upon the obd2 computer uh, codes so well i mean like i said the kids have changed you know what we you know i promise you anybody listening to this podcast anybody sitting in this room we couldn't wait when we were 15 and a half years old we were just salivating to get the get the license, license and right, yeah. drive mom's you know uh in my 84 case delta 88 right? uh, 81 <laughs> cut, 81 <laughs> cutlass supreme diesel right here <laughs> right, okay. yeah so right so i mean we, we were just salivating for that mm-hmm. and we don't the good thing is there is some kids out there that, that still have that want and drive i got to meet a few of them this year for, for this something over at southern uh and they really are car people but it's you know out of let's say out of the 20 to 24 that might be in that class some of them are there just to have something to do. Some of them, you know, again, some of them are really car people. Mm-hmm. You know, the dynamics have changed. So now we're trying to 
fulfill, whether it's auto mechanics or whether it's called a collision, um, we're trying to fill a void, fill a need. Right. You know, when the average, you know, technician, at least in my area, is, is 48, 46, 47, 48 years old, um, that, that's a tough deal. And there's, there's, there's more going out than there is coming in, mm-hmm. which, you know, like, I, like I, the whole purpose behind this is just get some uh, emphasis on, you know, the collision repair industry as a, right. as a skilled trade and, right. and, a, and a, a career choice. Not, and I hate the word job. Mm-hmm. I, I don't go to a job. Right, you I go to a career. career. Right. Yeah, I think we all do this. Well, um, you know, in going back to what you just said, I think people need to understand that there's a demand for this. Yep. I mean, you know, there's a Big demand. That, right. Uh, unfortunately, people do wreck their cars. Or if they keep them long enough, it's, you know, the, the, the dog legs are going to start to right. rust. And so now you got to... You know, figure out okay, how am I going to get this fixed, and who's going to who's going to fix yeah. it, and and so yeah, I mean, there's a demand for this. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's it's it wasn't a slow fester. It's been going on for years and years and years. But the the quality of that person has also that needs gone up. I mean, um, an auto mechanic. We were talking off air a little while ago. The, the old mechanic, he could almost put his hand on a fender and tell you what's wrong with it. You know, well, it's vibrating. It, 45 miles an hour, you got this going on. Well, you don't have that issue sure. anymore. Mm-hmm. Now you've yep. got to be able to to analyze it with a scan tool. And uh, you still have to have a under, basic understanding. That's where the vocational program comes in, is a basic understanding of the automobile, whether it's the uh, the, uh, the, the body of the vehicle and the uh, way it reacts and has to be repaired as a result of a collision, or on the mechanic side that, you know, you have spark fuel and air that makes it run. Well, and that's the thing you were talking about. You know, cars – well, with with Tesla and and uh, these hybrids coming mm-hmm. in, it's changing it around where it's not very just quickly. No longer is it spark, gas, yep. air, internal combustion. Engines. Internal combustion <laughs> is changing a bit, right. and it hasn't changed completely. So it's it's going into a more technological field. Yep. So the aptitude is you still need someone who can who can learn the engine, turn the wrench, and learn how to tr- properly diagnose. Yep. Anybody can turn a wrench. Anybody can make an engine worse. Right, right here. Right. Here. Well, or, or or misdiagnose it, and yep. then have other issues happen along the road. So it's a matter of finding kids that have a, I don't say a vocational aptitude, but have a technical aptitude, and a more of a, a gamesmanship attitude. It seemed like like video game players would be more interested because they're going to try to find okay, it's a puzzle to put together. Yep. How can I solve this? And it's like we were saying earlier, it's not like the OBD chip. You're, what kind of tools were, are some of these kids, would it help the parents to say, hey, I want you to go and, and you know, ch- instead of just changing the oil, there's a young man that's across the street from me. Uh, he's 14. And I started talking to him about cars. And he's like, yeah, I changed the oil on the car over here. And I'm like, I just want to sit here and talk to this kid and you've say, got, you've here's got some him. things that you can work on yep. while you're gaining your knowledge because you have the aptitude that you want to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing, change the oil. Mm-hmm. And real quick, we're going to come back to this, but I want to just take a moment and ask all of our listeners right now to please check out our sponsor, GD Herring. GD Herring provides options on insuring not only your classic car, but your daily driver and all of your collectibles and anything you need to have insured, really. Please check them out at gdherring.com. That's gdherring.com. So going back to the conversation, what other tools could, could they use other than you know, because I think the big thing is parents. We got to get with the parents and let the parents know um, what 
what things should they be helping sure, their children sure. with right now to say, if you want your kids to have more technical aptitude, uh, should I help them, you know, rotate the tires? You need jacks and equipment for that, but you can help them change the oil if you don't have dry sumps and all kinds of other kind of things. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it also goes into, you know, a directional thing that parents may also need to be in tune to that maybe their son or daughter isn't going to be a rocket scientist or, you know, I'm isn't right going to be in one of those perf- – they're not going to be a lawyer or a doctor or an accountant. Well, you know, that's more where of a college traditional comes in if you know that's what thing. you want to do. But Absolutely. just to go to college for the f- sake of going to college and having an eighty dollars to $100,000 debt, let's say, just throwing mm-hmm. a number out there. Sure. And then you come out with a theater degree. Right. I'm just – again, not making a lot of It's like, what did, you, what did you gain here other than spending your money or somebody else's money? I just think the concept of a skilled trade – needs to be a bigger part of the conversation in grade school when you're talking about high school and when you're talking about <laughs> yes. what your what, what your career what, everybody wants to be what daddy does of course sure but when reality you know sets in when you get old enough you actually have to start making that choice to what path you want to take your life on mm-hmm. i think yeah, the middle a, of high a serious not that time no of know, course so. not it it, but I think that conversation should already have been had That's and right. the idea that it's not a bad thing to have a skilled trade. Oh, absolutely you can make right. a very good living and support a family and have a very successful career right. in a skilled trade just as much as you can any other mm-hmm. professional trade. Well, I think uh, Mike Rowe, which I'm sure mm-hmm. everybody here, he, he's obviously a huge proponent of skilled trades, skilled labor, or skilled trades, I should say. That's what makes America go. There you go. So, I mean, it, I... I Pay a lot of got a lot of respect for that man. I mean, he's really made uh, made a career out of it, obviously, but just promoting skilled mm-hmm. trades. Well, and, and, and we'll, we'll, instead of we'll, we complain about the fact that you know when we were we're all forty eight when we were going into vocational school, it's kind of like oh, you're going over there with the potheads, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> and that was kind there's of a lot stigma of gr- there was some stigma. Again, but there's a stigma on on going to skilled trades like oh i guess you just can't handle college I'm like well college has skilled trades too um doctors engineers engineers there's there are skilled trades that go that you go to university to get there's also skilled trades that we have to have plumbers firemen police uh medical technicians uh there's a lot of and there's college programs out there now locally there's not too many out right. there that are in a collegiate setting but outside of the area, there are universities yeah. like Wyotech uh, yeah. and some other programs and, that are out there. And, well, maybe not. Well, but, there are, but it's, let me – sign of that is is be mindful. I'm not trying to put them down, Wyotechs and UTI and some other ones that are out there. I promise you, if uh, for, for the listeners out there, and I, I would venture to say just about any part of the country you're in or the world per se, if you have a young uh, man or woman uh, student that – would like to get in again. We're just going to keep it automotive. Like to get in, like to get in the automotive um, trade, and they've got the mechanical aptitude. I promise you, if they were to approach a local collision center, a local mechanic shop, just would say, "Hey, look, can can you take me on? You know, I'll I'll sweep the floors, whatever it may be. I just get my foot in the door. I promise you, just about probably any part of this world that they find the right." employer mm-hmm. that will take that chance uh they can make a, a very uh, good career without going to the the secondary trade Absolutely. schools and I, I, I just because i've seen 
Well, those are examples just to yeah. say that no, no, but know, there's there's not it's not like there's not training out there. Right. Or for those that say that uh, the university is the only place you can go. Right. And if you don't make it there, well, I guess you can settle. It's yeah. not a settling. Uh, vocational skilled vocations, especially in automotive industry and in body and collision repair, that's a skilled. That's that's a. It's skilled, an art. It's an art, uh, and it takes years to master. Yeah. And you have to know your stuff, and you have to learn it. And that's the other thing is communication skills. How do you get the kids to learn get the to work on those communication skills to be able to approach a shop and say, "Hey, let me talk to you. Can I talk to the manager? Yeah. Can I just pop this thing, pop this suggestion? Yeah. Can I be a shop guy for you?" Well, well I think f- that's part of the program too. In a sense, not like it's a direct. There's not like a course on how to approach a random employer, but when you communicate to these kids, I still I you see a, a student that's that's really good at at. I don't know, building a carburetor, or, or they understand how it works. Oh, sure, yeah. But, you know. My son is a they, perfect they, example that I, I'm not an engine you know, guy, have but you he's th- been taking stuff apart for years, and, and, it, and it works when he's done with it. You know, that <laughs> conversation, kind of what you were alluding to is, have you ever thought about maybe going to one of these smaller uh, performance shops here in Louisville and see if you can kind of, like Danny mentioned, come on board and start soft sweep the floors just so you can learn on how you guys work on this stuff. If the employer sees that, that enthusiasm and that and that drive, they're, even if they're he gonna, screw something up, he's like, you know what, I'll take him. Because that her. doesn't happen. No, kids don't go into. I don't say kids. People in general do not go into a situation like that and openly do that anymore. I mean, no. it's like in the movies. It just doesn't happen. Right. It's just and it's so. Initiative. But if you teach somebody some initiative. Mm-hmm. On where they're at now and where it can take them in a in a small easy step to maybe open that door that path. That's the conversation that needs to be in the head at the kids that 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 need that direction. I'll touch base. Yeah, go ahead. And, and to that point, when it comes to because I know from I was in the vocational program, I was in the drafting side of it for the two years. What does the program that you're involved in do they work with other local shops to say hey we're going to get these kids some basics we're going to get them we're going to give them the uh, abcs and then you work with places to do co-oping yes yes how, yes. how do how do you go out is it just a matter of like what you were talking about for you know my daughter watched what works with me i mean she granted she's two but she <laughs> she loves tools and she likes to do what daddy does and so if i'm working on a ride mower she wants to plop down right next to me or if i'm putting a chair together I need my tools so that way I can fidget with a piece of wood that's going to go on it later. And I, and that's where that kind of yep. starts. That's where it all starts. And I want her to have that initiative to go out and, you know, I don't have to set it up for you. Go set it up for yourself. So what does your programs do to go out and reach local shops to say, to build those relationships? Well, number one is communication. When I made a comment earlier at Southern High School, uh, when I, when I come back to them a few years ago and, they invited me to be on the advisory board. And at that point in time, you know, and obviously the advisory board for those, I mean, it's a group of shops that are, are uh, community uh, people in the industry that we meet a few times a year and, and talk about the program over there and ways to make it better, this, that, and the other. So at the time, you know, many, many years ago, it was the same just group of people, three or four people, good people. They're still on the advisory board now. They do, they do great work for us. But we wanted to expand a little bit. You know, we got to get more shops uh mm-hmm. and not necessarily individuals but individual represent representations of these of these people that are going to employ these students so we we've expanded upon that got got some more people in there 
you know, and obviously they get first dibs. You know, if a student comes out of class and and they're wanting a job, then these student there are these uh, shops that are on the advisory board. They're going to get first dibs at them. Um, what we realize and what I've tried to get the advisory board to understand, and, and it, again, I think this is going to probably be a, a worldwide thing, not just here in Louisville or any other portion of the, of the country, is at the vocational level, we can only get them to a certain point. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I, I alluded earlier about the students and some of their home life and their different backgrounds that we may have not had to, to deal with. Uh, so what I've explained to my advisory, or the, or the advisory board members that, that do hire these students is, hey, look, the instructors are going to get these students their piece of clay. We've, we've kind of got them reaching back to maybe seventh, eighth grade, kind of because they have to, go, in my case, they have to go to that high school to be a part of this collision repair program right. or the auto mechanics. So we reach back into the middle school. So now they know they want to go to high school. So, okay, so now we're starting to carve out a little bit better student. And then we get them, you know, so they get the mechanical aptitude and this end of the other. So they get, we start molding them. The instructors mold them. And finally, by senior year, maybe the end of maybe the summer between uh, junior and senior, they're able to be co opt. And, but at that point in time, and it, this kind of goes back to the student knocking on the shop's door saying, hey, can I help out? We're giving them that, that extra boost. You know, we're getting them to where they can get that foot in the door. Uh, then what we've had to explain to the shops is, is hey, you're not getting a turnkey technician. Right, these guys know what the vocational program is telling them. This is what this is this is what hardener sounds like. This is what these are what these tools. Yeah, right, this is right. what these things are. It's, they got an more, understanding that right. once the employer gets them, it's not. Um, I don't know what that is. Right. Well, they're going to be timid. Let's. I mean, sure. when you were, 16, but they have knowledge. Years, that, they have, but they've they got some knowledge. understanding. And they, they've touched metal. They've they've they've. In my case, they they've spread body fill. They fixed a dent. They've primed. They've painted. Are they great at it? No, they're not. But they got the understanding. So once the shops understand it, look, I've got little Tommy here, or little Lisa, and and they're both pretty good. Now, granted, when they're at the school, they're going to be chumming it up a little bit more with their uh, with mm-hmm. the teacher or the, the the their students that are with them or whatever. Once they get it uh, back to the shop, they're going to be a little bit more timid. But once the shop kind of works with them, the, the people in the shop work with them. You know, I've seen some students do well. I got a couple really good examples that uh, that have done very very well. With some adverse family life issues going into it, the shop, you know, worked with them, uh, um, and you know, now the young man I'm thinking of, he's got a car now, he's got a place, to, uh, an apartment, it's all his. But you know, when he started there, he had nothing. But the shop was actually picking him up, and from school, and taking him to work and giving him a ride home, yeah. and. And that's a I, partnership. That's an investment. That's in that an investment, right? and the shop understands that. The, the the employee now, you know, he's full time, uh, understands that, but that's just a different life that we're in, as far as where we're at in in the in the right. country. But I, I suspect this probably goes. I know this is a, bit, a little bit deeper than we probably want to talk well, about, it, but that it but it's but it's a reality. It, yeah, and, and it's some of reality. That, what we we're talking about uh, as far as it getting uh, people interested. What's the mix of well, two parter? Do you think it helps? Let me back up. Do you think it helps that there's more YouTube? younger fellas on YouTube oh, yeah. that have yeah. these videos that are doing their own body work and they're doing mechanical work. So it makes a younger generation go, whoa, he's doing that. And he's buying and selling cars, fixing them up. And now he's got working on these Maseratis and stuff. And sure. it's, it's like, well, this is my dad's garage, but I'm now able to do this because I've gained all these skills. Does that help with, uh, with bringing kids to making kids uh, interested in the programs and, does it also help that there are a lot more females out there that are mechanics 
and turn not just shade tree mechanics, but their actual mechanics, body work people that can do soup to nuts on a car to bring females into it. Because I remember when I was, I was in the nineties at a distant a cousin's shop. That was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, probably the best mechanic that could work on a Volkswagen was a girl, and she was about three years older than me. And so I. I I, I just wonder if that's helping the, the demographics in there balance out a bit. It has to. For, for the ones that are dedicated enough to want to get into it. I mean, I think all the rest of it. Even when I work on something myself, my own, my own vehicle, I'll YouTube it. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned female. Um, <clears throat> seeing more and more females in the shops that I deal with. And I deal, like I said, mainly collision centers, but I'll go into dealerships and what have you. And again, they're not the ones at the reception table anymore. They're, they're, you know, I go out in the shop and it's, there, there's women that, that know what they're doing. I'm all about that. I mean, this is, uh, cause I think for, for the longest time, you know, if you worked on a car, you know, that was just a man thing. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten, you know, the cool thing, we're getting past that stigma. Now some of the TV shows that are on probably help. For the ones that are legit, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, right. It, it probably helps. And uh, it just, we have, we have such a void out there. You almost got to think of family dynamics as well. And regionally in the United States, families, some families are super close family. Their dad works on cars or brothers, uncles. They're like the one or two girl female in the family that, you know, they're forced into that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's... There's a lot of those situations. I mean, there's probably tens of thousands of those exact situations, but there's only a small percentage of the the youngest sister really taken under the wing of her older brothers and really wanting to dig into being an auto mechanic and, and really specify and or be, uh, I guess, not specify, but be perfect in their trade and really excel at it. Uh, it's just not traditionally... It's not a female driven, but I think it is getting more and more like that because there are larger car groups or larger families like in Southern California. Obviously, it's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the Latino community is huge making low riders. And I mean, it's it's a huge niche. And there's a lot of females in that realm that will eventually spider web out. Yep. And I think if that's the epicenter of female more females into like the auto skilled auto trade, engine building, you know, trick building cars. Yeah, there's so many like there's that. so many avenues that when it comes to transportation. It, to really simplify it, I mean, what you do for a living, what I do for a living, it, uh, how we all touch vehicles, and to some some way, there's an avenue out there. Mm-hmm. There's it, probably multiple female garages in Southern California. I just I bet that. there's not an all female garage. This side of the Mississippi. I can tell you this. My sister knows more about auto repair uh, than her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Sounds like I my mean, sister. I mean, she can, she can, <laughs> she can, uh, she'll change a starter. It's not serious, is it? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, she, I mean, she has that aptitude. She's like, I, I just want to be able to fix things. Right. And I want to know how to do it. And, it. and it's not a matter of one doesn't, one does. It's just what, what are you interested in? And I think there, I mean, you look at influences on that. John Force's daughters are not lipstick driving a car. They know how to drive. They know how to op uh, mechanics on it, body work. I mean, they're 
soup, like I say, soup to nuts. From stern to stem, they know how they know their stuff. And I think the more you see that, you'll see more more acceptance of that. Well, that's know, what I'm I saying. It's there's acceptance. family, family acceptance. It's grown within the family. The yeah, family. They didn't have a choice. That's kind of my point earlier right. is how how more females and females have traditionally gotten into the male dominated automotive performance. You know, auto body collision. Yep. That field has always been just been a male dominant oh, career because it's dirty it's dusty grimy you work with your hands and all that things it's well, just it's that tradition any, any skilled trade and especially you know auto automobile trade you know you in the old days you know you just had grease all over your hands you know in today's modern vehicle it you hardly get dirty right i, I'm, I mean for, we've all got cars i mean even my 72 chevelle i probably wouldn't get too awful dirty because it stays pretty clean unless like your cars and stuff like that but i'm saying is you know, it, it's not... My wife's car is pretty damn disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking care of it's different person. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it just it's just not... There's there's still a bit of a stigma. You know, in the old days, you did it because, you know, the guy up the street worked on a car and he could take care of it for you and he, he did it as a favor or whatever the deal. Well, that's fine. We, we you know, we I, I still help people out from time to time on that kind of stuff as well. But we just need to be more focused on that for the young people coming up that the the automotive uh, industry's industry open. is yeah. is wide open mm-hmm. and you know I, we've got this we've got this avenue to talk about it and and if like if we could reach a few students or a few a few young men and women across the world right to to think about um, mm-hmm. you know ultimate collision repair but ultimately auto mechanics or whatever it may be to deal with automobiles is so many avenues and make sure. a good money well, I know we're almost out of time here, but real quick, I think one other key ingredient, and you may not know the answer to this, so I don't want to, but I think it would be intriguing to say, on average, what can one make per year doing this type of trade? I mean, because a, a, a deciding factor into in propelling forward into a, um, a trade is sure. going to be, well, what's the monetary advantages of... Now, uh, I can assure you that mechanics, they make some good money, and rightfully so. So, uh, um, you know, body, I mean, what, what, what can well, one expect? I, I did, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't typically get into to, to money. Mm-hmm. However, if, if I could, there's a young man called uh, Blue Collar Kyle on Instagram. He's out of the St. Louis area, I believe. He's a collision repair technician. He has no problem putting his, it's not bragging. Uh, he, he's put little vin, uh, videos out there showing him fixing vehicles as any other. He will put his uh, paycheck stubs up there from uh, previous years, six figures. Yeah. Okay. And, what I'll tell you, though, he works smart. He works hard. He Don't get me wrong, yeah. but he's working yeah. very smart. And that's a key ingredient with, with anything sure. that you do, but especially what we do in this in this business for collision repair or auto mechanics is you have to work smart. Right. You know, because these cars are very, very technical and um, – they're just they're little spaceships, like I said. Yeah. So again, you know, knowing people that I know in here in, this, in Louisville area, they've made good. Um, uh, uh, they made a career out of it. They make a, a good living. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know where they live. Uh, I know what kind of vehicles they drive. And this, and that. you know, they're doing well. Yeah, you know. Yep. And, and like it, I said, it, I have a cousin in the industry. He's an auto body guy. He loves painting cars. Yeah, he is an ultimate perfectionist. He's done nothing but auto body and collision since 
high school. Mm-hmm. And um, he's exceptional at it. Hopefully he's going to be on our show here before mm-hmm. too long. But he has made a fine, outstanding career. He's got a lot of love, a lot of land the, up in uh, Pale, Indiana, where he raises his, you know, he's got two boys, two grown boys, got a wife, dog, all that fun stuff. And uh, he lives very well, mm-hmm. and he loves what he does. Yeah. But he'll be the first one to tell you he didn't do it not busting his ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he does that every day because he enjoys it. Right. Yep. Well, not to switch, go down that road, but what these young men and women have to understand is, you know, <laughs> Not get done to get political. There's not somebody at the end of the road going to give you a check, mm-hmm. well, provided you know you don't want to go down that road. But anyways, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's, you have to earn business. You have to show quality. You have, have to show, show yeah, right. And it's so getting back to the kids. How do we get? What can we do to get more involved? Who? Where would we want parents to go to to talk about you know interest in automotive vocational programs? Uh, is it USA Works or well, uh, skillsusa.org, skillsusa, I believe sorry. that's okay. Skillsusa.org, I believe, would be a good website to. But that's like I said, that's kind of like the governing. I call it the governing body. You know, it, it, they. Um, How could we they, do it locally then? Uh, well, just d- depending on what your vocation is, you know, Southern High School is for collision repair and auto mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think J Town, like I said earlier, I think it's welding and maybe some construction type stuff, or I think Fairdale's construction type stuff. Just. Again, skilled trades in general, there is representation in the Jefferson County Public School System uh, for just about any skilled trade. But automotive, just contact Southern High School. And I guess if they're outside of our area, then just reach out to the local school system and say, do you have these programs available and how can we get involved? Yeah, correct. Like mm-hmm. Southern Indiana, we have Prosser over in uh, New Albany area, I believe. So great program. Uh, not really involved with that one too much, but uh, – there are quite a few of them across the country. Gives these, gives these kids options for careers. Absolutely. Yep. Always keep an open mind. That's right. That's right. Well, well Danny, uh, thanks for joining us here. Today. I appreciate it. And um, how, how can people reach you for any additional questions or comments? Well, feel free to, to email me. It's uh, polarized at yahoo.com. It's P-O-H-L-A-R-I-Z-E-D at yahoo.com. Very good. And for our listeners of the podcast, like us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe so you are notified of new shows, and please leave us a review. Your reviews are the most powerful way you can help us reach more people. Thanks for listening, and until next time, happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast.